Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back. This is Jay Taft with your sports podcast, Not Just a Game. And the name tells it all. We're not talking about just what's going on on the field, on the on the diamond, on the on the hardwood. We're trying to reach outside the box, off the field, um, and and dive deep into some of our very interesting athletes from our area, who some of which have gone on to um, different aspects in their life. And that, that's one of these occasions today. I'm going to bring her right in because this is a fun story and we've got to get right to it. Sister Stephanie Baliga, how are you, sister? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be a blast. Real quick, you are a former uh, Auburn and University of Illinois star runner. I can say star there. Uh, 18, oh, come on, 18 conference championships in high school. I, I was trying to go through the math, like how in the world could somebody win that many? You cleared it up for me. It's cross country, it's track, and it's the constant championships. Um, and then you went on to U of I, where you had a real successful freshman and sophomore season, then had an injury and uh, a reevaluation of who you wanted to be in the future. Um, I'm, I'm dying to hear your story again and to get our listeners an opportunity to hear everything that you are and you went through. So first of all, Stephanie, flashback. Obviously, we always do this. you got to bring us back to the days of, of the days Auburn. of Rockford. Yeah, <laughs> you were also a valedictorian. So, I mean, you were all over it back then. What was it like back then? What did you learn from from your days at Auburn as a runner and a, as a valedictorian that got you to where you are and let's build into this story of, of you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I love, I loved and love Auburn. It's my, definitely still my home. I'm so grateful for the many things that I learned and experienced at Auburn High School. Um, very grateful for um, those, my coaches from Auburn, as well as the many teachers who made it possible as well as just the um, Auburn is a very special place. It's a great place for to learn lots of things about life, which I certainly did. So that was, that was a really great experience that I um, have always valued since then. So that's been awesome. Yeah. So I ran a lot in high school and uh, also did a lot of studying and that was what I did. That was my main thing. <laughs> so that's pretty much all I did. As you can tell from the things that happened, it's, I didn't really do anything else besides run and study. So Conference that was my time at Auburn. and valedictorians. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's <laughs> exactly. Right. So how did that get you to where you are? I know you went to U of I and I'm assuming you were, had these aspirations. You could have been some kind of professional runner back in your day. Yeah. So there was this interesting thing that happened my freshman year in college where I went from being like good in Rockford, which was, you know, good to being really good. 
um, to being like nationally level good. Um, and for unknown reasons, why I got so fast, it wasn't necessarily any sort of particular training that got me to that point because it just kind of happened. And this has happened to me a couple of different times in my life where all of a sudden I just get way faster for no real explanation, no real besides the gradual building up of training over time. So this, the, the biggest time this happened to me was my freshman year in college when I, my times like dropped like for like amazing, like in a training run, I went from running my PR in high school in the mile on a track was 512. I ran a five flat mile in practice my freshman year in cross country. So um, it was just like, I don't even know what happened. So this, this amazing experience of getting really, really fast, being really, really good um, and really loving and enjoying that whole experience. Incredible. I mean, now, yeah. um, I mean, Big Ten is, is the big deal in Division One college for just for any sport, um, definitely for running as well. And mm -hmm. you were climbing the ranks. So now what happened your sophomore year? I know we talked about it. You, you said you cracked your foot in half or something. I mean, yes, what? that's exaggerated. <laughs> so I, I broke, I spontaneously fractured a, one bone in my foot from essentially from overtraining. So oh. I was running 70 miles a week which for women, women in college is like not much, actually. It's pretty low for women in college, but it, no, it's true. <laughs> in division one, it's not very, it's pretty low mileage. So I was running 70 miles a week and my body said, that's, that's enough of that. And so um, the, bone, the bone literally just, it, went, it wasn't a stress fracture, it just cracked. So but it was a pretty, uh, pretty good crack. So it was, I was out for a long time. And um, a, broken, so a broken foot for a runner is, is a problem. That is quite the issue, correct. So I had created quite the issue for myself. Uh, to clarify, it was a little problem. I couldn't run at all, obviously. So um, so yeah, I was crutching around, being, feeling sorry for myself, um, living the, you know, not not doing good on any level of my life. So, it, but it just, it really forced me to, because to be, to be honest, I've been super blessed. I had never had a, super, I had never had a serious injury. Um, I'd never had in any sort of real honestly, huge problem in my life that had ever made me stop running or stop being physically able. Which is unusual like, for a run. I mean, you yes. started running when you were nine or something, right? Yeah. And I went for a very long time without a serious injury. So that was a huge blessing. Um, and because of honestly, because of a lot of those coaches at Auburn that took care of me, mm. you know, they didn't. So like people didn't overtrain me. I was not overtrained unlike many girls who end up in college running where yeah, they're overtrained right. and they step out there and they just tank. So I was blessed. That was a blessing. Um, and, um, but yeah, eventually your body's just like, wow, what are you doing? So, um, cracked my foot. And so then, it, but it really forced me to be like, I've made running a God running is just like, this really should not be this important in my life. It, I need to really reevaluate what is actually my priority in life. What am I doing with my life? What, what is going on in the world? Like, so it just forced me to really think about a lot of things and really start to pray. So I started getting involved with the Newman Center on campus at University of Illinois, which is very big, mm -hmm. so, which so it's, that's the center that's associated with the Catholic Church on campus. Yes. Um, started to get more involved with some uh, people there. Uh, all of a sudden I had all this free time because I was spending like five hours a day running <laughs> or doing running related was like. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, you know, I was like, wow, look at all this time. I have all this time. So I was like, well, I, I definitely cannot sit in my dorm room for five hours a day. I have got to do something. So I was, I'm literally going to go crazy. So as everyone's finding out during COVID. So 
Um, so I got out, made some new friends, and I started getting involved with these retreats and different things at the Newman Center and ended up at it, having a very powerful experience on a retreat when I was injured um, at a time of prayer called Eucharistic Adoration, where as Catholics believe that the Eucharist um, is Jesus really present, completely present with us. I had this experience at this prayer that I believed, where I really began to believe that Jesus was really present in the Eucharist. And if that was true, I needed to completely change my life because I was living a selfish, essentially self-focused lifestyle that was really honestly, mostly for self-gain um, and, self and self-promotion. Um, and so that I needed to um, really evaluate what I was doing. So I did, and I started to pray and I started to get more involved with camp on campus with different things at Newman Center. And um, eventually from this started to discern religious life from that point. Uh, and that's when your life turned, took that right turn off the, off the exit and led you yes. to this amazing world that you're in right now. Um, right now you're, uh, you work with the outreach center of the mission of Our Lady of Angels, which is in Chicago. Is it West Side? What do you yep. think? West We're Side? at West Humboldt Park. Okay, I know that that area well. Um, I didn't realize you were out, even out there. Is that where the food pantry is? The, the, it's where I live well, too. This is where oh, I live. It's, okay, it's our house. It's where I live at where I work. Okay. Yeah. It's and so give us a little idea of how you got there and what you do, and then we'll get into how you've tied running in with what you believe your calling for life is as well. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I ended up finding this particular religious community. So if you feel like you're called to religious life, you end up like starting to look around. There's all kinds of different religious communities. So I started to visit these different communities and started to feel, try to figure out where I just felt called. Eventually I ended up here. We're a brand new community. We're called the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. And we exist to work with the poor to do evangelization work and to begin and maintain sites of perpetual adoration, which is that particular type of prayer where we pray with Jesus present in the Eucharist. So right now, um, we, we uh, currently during COVID, we're feeding 3,000 families a month um, with food, which has been extraordinary. Um, it's, I mean, today it is freezing outside, freezing cold, and we served 1,000 people, essentially, 980 Something of this nature. So crazy. It's just been really crazy. So the food outreach has always been the center of our outreach to the poor, but we also do work with, we distribute clothing. Uh, when it's not COVID, we do, uh, we have prayer services for the neighborhood and hot meal programs for the neighborhood. If you're familiar with West Hall Park, it is one of the most violent. Me, these, though, the most difficult, everything about Chicago difficulties are here. Especially um, I mean, right. It's grown. It's bad. So we, we spend a lot of time not during COVID praying with neighbors, spending time eating with neighbors, spending time building relationships to help break down a lot of things that hopefully will decrease the violence and the difficulties that are in our neighborhood. We do a lot of work in conjunction with the YMCA with, with youth. So we have an after school program for youth from, uh, that are from first grade to through middle school, which is the prime age for gang recruitment in our neighborhood. So we try to keep kids off the street during those prime years of gang recruitment. 
I would also like to note that one of my proudest moments of being here was when Auburn High School played Orr High School in the state championship for basketball because yeah, right. now the new high school in my neighborhood is Orr. So I'm going to oh, give a shout yeah. out how that was like the coolest thing ever. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a, just an absolute side tangent. But then anyway, we work with kids because a lot of the kids that were through our after school program played at Orr. So it's kind of like this whole like, whoa, my life. Um, but it was pretty cool. So anyway, um, so we work with kids and then we work a lot with senior citizens because a lot of the seniors are, they're the moral framework of our neighborhood right now. And then we also, a lot of them are neglected and don't have enough resources. Um, and then most importantly, we live here. So we are part of the fabric of the neighborhood. We exist as Jesus would to walk among people, to be present with them, to talk with them, to pray with them, to be present in the difficulty and try to be uh, the presence of God in a neighborhood that's filled with difficulty and violence and um, all kinds of every other problem. Um, so that's kind of what we do here at the mission. Kind of what you do there. That It kind of takes a special person to do what you do there. It's pretty amazing stuff. You're um, blessed. I, I, I would like to thank you. Um, I don't know how or what that means or what, but I hope there's... I you could run the 2021 Bank of America Chicago Marathon for Team Our Lady of the Angels, Jay. That was a great way how to thank me. What do you think? For comedic relief. For comedic relief. Okay. <laughs> if they have a 100-meter dash, <laughs> uh, yeah. sign me up. Okay. <laughs> I've always been more of a sprinter, Sister Stephanie, than a distance runner. Okay. Everyone um, can run a marathon. Yeah, I know. You'd have to give me a couple years. Okay. So maybe this is day one of, of when that training will start. We'll talk about that off air. Okay. <laughs> um, but you, the, what you've done over there is, is just incredible and you're running and what, how you've been able to take your, your past um, passion and it's still your passion, I know, but what, what used to really drive you and, and bring it together with, with what really drives you now is what is as inspirational about this story as anything. How do you use running and how does your running now fund the, the food pantry? I don't explain this to me, right? Yes. It's such a sweet deal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Soon after I got here, um, there's another sister who's here, Sister Alicia Torres, who's known for winning Chopped on the Food Network. But in fact, she paid off her college debt by running marathons. Um, so she paid off her college debt to join the convent by running marathons. So I heard about this sister. That's actually the, one of the first reasons I contacted her because I was like, well, of course I have to contact them because <laughs> why would I not? Because this is obviously clearly a sign. <laughs> so, um, and so then, um, so then, we, uh, we ran the 2010 uh, Chicago Marathon together. I paced her, ran with her. Um, and um, there was like all these charities. I'm like, wow. I had no idea. It was my first foray into marathoning. I'd always knew I wanted to run the marathon. I actually knew in high school that marathon would probably be my best distance because if anybody ever knew about my high school experience, uh, they knew that I got kicked. Like I, I lost most races in high school by being sprint, sprint pass in the past last 200 meters of the race. So lots of me and Auburn that happened all the time. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was like, why do we, we got to get into this charity thing. This is clearly a big moneymaker and would be a super fun. So the next year we started a charity team and that was 2011. So we've had a charity team in the Chicago marathon since 2011. Um, we have grown huge. We now have over a hundred runners on our team 
each year uh, that run the Chicago Marathon. Um, and we've raised over $200,000 each year, past three years. And we've raised over a million dollars cumulatively since Incredible. 2011. Incredible. To support our work. That all goes to... It all goes directly to our work here on the west side of Chicago. It's our biggest fundraiser here at Mission of Our Lady of the Angels. We've renovated multiple buildings because of the marathon fundraiser and supported our operational expenses and um, outreach expenses significantly because of the marathon fundraiser. So it, it funds this food pantry and you talked about, you mentioned the numbers. Are you, did you tell me you're feeding about three times as many people during COVID as you were yeah. before even? Yeah, we normally, before COVID, we served a thousand families a month. Now we're serving about 3,000 families a month. Honestly, it's been more than that. In, in December, we served 4,700 families. Yeah. It was crazy. So um, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of food. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been, um, so the marathon is a significant funder of the pantry. That's just incredible. And you, you brought up quickly these renovations. And I talked to somebody else earlier today, which I want to get into real quickly here in a second, Jared Richardson, another star runner from our area back a few years ago. I don't back in the day. Myself, but yeah, right. Um, and I was young back then, too. So I wasn't. We were all young back then, Jay. I know. <laughs> well, clearly you guys were. You were in high school. I just don't want people to think I was old like I am now back then, too, because then I'd be really old. But um, I want to talk a little bit more about Jared in a second. But you get into how how you've gotten this off the ground with, with the running and this recent marathon that you did on a treadmill. Um, mm-hmm. All of it is is just making everything go over there. Yeah, it's been a huge factor in allowing us to do our work. Um, yeah, so pretty much what happened is that I, I obviously am blessed. I know a lot of runners. I know a lot of people um, that want to run marathons. So I started just contacting everybody that I knew. Plus then people guaranteed entries to the Chicago Marathon. As you may, it's extremely difficult to get into the Chicago Marathon because uh, it's a very popular race. And so I have guaranteed entries into the race. And when people agree to run for my team, they get all kinds of amazing benefits, um, such as um, being part of our amazing team. Um, and then I will help coach people. I provide, there's someone who's praying for you. We have t-shirts. We got, um, if things are normal post-COVID, we, you can stay here because we have a retreat center and then we'll like take care of you and drive you around and feed you race weekend. Right. Um, if that's happening, it's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, and then, and yeah, it's we've a, done that in the past, right? Yes. If, well, they canceled the 2020 marathon, but every year before that, we would have about half, uh, I don't know, a quarter to a third of our runners staying here. And then okay. we transport, we, we drive them all around and we bring them okay. to the start line and everything. And now yeah. the, the renovation aspect. So not only does all this fund your food pantry and a lot of what you do at the mission, Give me a quick tip on what these renovations are about, because Jared had even mentioned you guys are renovating right now an old school into this. Is it a 65 room retreat? Yeah. Is it exciting? So, yeah. So I've become a construction manager. Isn't that awesome? So that's my coolest new thing I do. Uh, Yeah. So I kind of got thrown into this job because I'm really good at making phone calls and asking for free stuff. So that's how I got the job. Oh, sweet deal. So, um, so I, um, so I've been blessed to be part of several renovation projects here at the mission. The first thing we did when I was here, we renovate, uh, Bishop Bob, who's in charge, who's the founder, renovated several buildings before, before I was here. 
okay. renovated the former church on site. We renovated a house on site. Now we're renovating the school building, which is, um, well, this, this, this podcast could go on for hours, but I'm going to spare you. This is the famous location of the 1958 school fire that killed oh, yeah. a lot of people. This is the building that was built on site uh, at the time. And we're renovating that building to be our new outreach center to the neighborhood, which includes a 65 bedroom retreat center so that we can house volunteers that want to come help us as well as host retreats on site. Well, even the site has a neat story. Wow. Yeah. We got a lot, we got a lot of layers here. Holy it's cow. It's intense. Um, so. How, when is, do you have a target date? Like, is that a long ways off or? No, we've been, this is, this project's been going on for a couple of years. We're hoping by the end of 2021 for it to be done and so dragging for a while. Is that an, like another type of place where your running team would house up for the Chicago Marathon weekend? Yes, <laughs> that's where they'll, that's where they'll stay from now on. We were using, there's, there's more of us sisters now. So we now live in the building we used to house retreatants in, but now everyone's going to move over to this new building. Very cool. So you so, will live yep. there as well. That will be your. No, we're moving the retreatants out of our house. That's the goal. That's <laughs> you. Okay, different. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. We'll get your house back, maybe. Yes. Okay. All right. right. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel um, do you feel proud? Do you, do you realize the good that you're doing in with your life? I feel blessed to be a bearer of God's providence to the world, to be honest, because none of this would have happened without the providence of God. So the sense that we know that God has provided both um, infinitely in grace as well as in cash to make all of these things possible. So we know that, and he's provided people, materials, food, um, like he provided the grace to turn me from what I was doing to not that I'm perfect now, please, but, but like the sense that it, it really turned me to this sense that I was able to really make some big changes in my life and, um, start me on this path of growing closer to Jesus every day. Um, and he's provided all kinds of resources for us here at the mission. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm proud in that I believe that God has allowed these things to happen um, through our work here at the mission. Um, but it is, we would be sitting in an unheated, disgusting building <laughs> doing nothing, um, without God's providence here at the mission. It's such an inspirational story. And I mentioned Jared Richardson, he was a Harlem runner. So you guys were at different schools, but I think he graduated the same year as you 2006. He went to mm -hmm. U of I as well. Um, he was like, I was just talking to him. I forgot. He was an 800 runner, which is like yes. stuck in the middle. You don't know if you're a distance runner or a sprinter or what you are. Um, but he's grown into a bit of a distance runner now at being inspired by you. Um, and he's also, he volunteers with you. And he just had a really neat perspective on, and he said, near the end of our conversation, he said, I told him what, what good I thought he was doing, you know? And he said, I'm just trying to be as much like sister Stephanie as I can. Uh, oh, that's uh Jared's too kind. Wow. It's just been, our stories have been very hilariously intertwined since that's the beginning. Crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. Been good. And he's just one of the many, I'm sure that you've touched. You realize how many people you've touched, right? I mean, we, that's like I said, it's really like, we know that, uh, God allows things to happen through people to bring him to his love. 
So we know that there's a sense of this capacity for God's grace, his, for his love to work through people to bring him closer to his heart. So we know that all of us, God wants to use all of us as instruments of his love and grace to the world to draw them to himself. Mm. So all we all are, are just instruments that he would like to use if we allow him to. So not, not all are as good at it as you are. I, that I can, care. everyone has the tools to use the gifts that well, God that's has given true. them. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah, that, I don't, after that, I <laughs> that doesn't tell the story of beyond. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're taking that above and beyond with what you're doing. Um, you are, are you building a, a new race team? Is that yes. what we're in the process of right now? Give me a quick so, on what that entails. And what that's yeah, believe it or not, the Chicago Marathon registration for 2021 is going strong. And each day and every person vaccinated, it looks more promising that this race may actually happen. Yeah. So, um, so if it's uh, either way, though, if, if the 2021 Chicago Marathon is canceled, Team Arlie to the Angels will be running in an alternative race on a measured course that I designed. It's pretty sweet. It runs through a sweet meadow with sweet trails. Um, we'll be running a marathon no matter what. So, um, and uh, so we'll be, so either way, um, marathon experience is guaranteed. Uh, we'd love anybody who's listening to join our marathon team, um, team Arlie to be angels. You can go to missionola.com. Yeah. Oh, say that again. I was interrupted. Missionola.com to sign up. Um, and there's a link, there's a, there's a picture of a cartoon running nun with yeah, a link yeah. next to it. So you gotta check it out. Um, yeah. Like so mission, <laughs> mission OLA.com. If you don't think you run a, mar- run a marathon, you can, I will make, I will help you do it if you're willing to spend some time doing so. So now you ran the last marathon. Did you run it all in your, um, as a nun with your, with the habit on? Yeah, no. So then the last marathon I ran was on a treadmill. I know. That's the <laughs> run in the habit. Uh, no, I ran in a running skirt, which is like knee length and like a, a bandana and a t-shirt. Okay. That's what I run it. I don't run in the habit. Okay. I would um, fall and I'd be really, really Just hot. as impressive. <laughs> well, that might be even more impressive though, if you could do that. Yeah. Um, so it's how much have you raised again? Did I hear one point one? One point one million dollars. Thanks for wow. God. Boy, when it's for the right cause, it's it can happen. Um, Sister Stephanie Baliga, former Auburn and University of Illinois runner, and now a runner for God, out of the mission of Our Lady of Angels in West Chicago. Such a neat story. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy feeding the, the needy and doing things to help people, which is just incredible. I want you to know a lot of us really appreciate what you do and who you are. And that's really, really cool stuff. Really. Thanks to Rockford. I am who I am. God is good. Yeah. yeah. Teaches us. I mean, we learn a lot in those few years of growing up, whether it's from getting our butts kicked on the streets or on the, on the track. running course. on the track <laughs> you were doing the butt kicking i know but no no i was getting my butt kicked every every time i left rockford so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> uh, you, you did it while you were here though we know that um, <laughs> sister stephanie thank you so much i would love to catch up with you um maybe you know we'll podcast as you're running the chicago marathon 
Yeah. Up or, you know, we'll do something fun. I'd love to. We keep... should have podcasted when I was running the treadmill marathon, but too yeah. bad. Maybe I'll have to run another treadmill marathon so I can podcast with you, Jay. Let's That's do good. it. I would love it. I'll, yeah. I'll be there. I'll social distance and I'll just won't have the camera on me as much so I can puke and fall <laughs> over and stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Great to be with you. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Thank you again. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.